Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Today is Thursday, so you know what that means. You know what? I'm taking a break. I had asked some of the fans to help me out and come up with some O Steves. And I got to say, again, I love Matthew Riggins. Mookie. Because he seems very dedicated to letting us know uh, that he is a fan of the show. So without further ado, Mookie. Take it over. Hold on. I know that ain't my motherfucker. I know that ain't my motherfucker across the street. Oh, Steve. What's good, nigga? Got the emails? Probably want to read the first one from Matthew. Uh... So, you know what? Yeah, let me let me read this first one from Matthew since he's already started us off. Um, let's See that? You send stuff in and you get your email read right off the top. Oh, shit. So, you know, Kush Cole will probably send us his draws. <laughs> hey, Aries, I sent you and Andy my briefs. Please, please, if you look inside, you'll see an email. Please read the email. But sniff it, too. And I don't mean the email. I mean my draws. Okay. Uh, shout out to Kush Cole, baby. We love you. Nigga, I didn't know you were Indian. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah. I didn't know that. Please read my email. <laughs> All right. Matthew Riggins. Appreciate y'all for the advice. That was lit. I'm going to follow my heart and dreams. Fitness and rapping is my passion. So I'm going to go hard at both. Law enforcement was never my thing. I was just panicking and afraid of going after mine. And I feel like law enforcement is something you got to have in your heart. Like you say all the time, Aries, we don't chase our dreams because of comfort or fear. Well, fuck that. I'm going to be face, a.k.a. Mookie one time. Got to live it up. 
I understand that now. Appreciate y'all for that. Real talk. Riggs and Murtaugh. Solve the fucking crime. Stay safe. Uh, Corona rules. Oh, P.S. I took y'all advice from a while back on conspiracy theories, too. All of that can suck my dick now. I don't even be thinking about that shit no more, especially after noticing my skin cleared up after I stopped stressing over that shit. Stress is a motherfucker. I'm out. Mookie. Dude, I had to quit watching the news for a while. Really? Yeah, man. I got. I was too stressed and too angry and too upset. Right. Because all the shit. Yeah, man. You got to take. You got. You got to give yourself a, a moment to like breathe and just appreciate what you do have. Right. So good for you, man. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, brother. And and you know, uh, since we are starting that thing where we you know gonna play some, give some artists an outlet, send in your shit. You know what I mean? You definitely deserve to have us try to do whatever we can to put you out there, baby. Love you, Moke. Appreciate you, boy. This is from Alan Camacho. This is the one I was telling you was a good one. From Al from Houston. Yo, Aries and Andy. I'm hooked on the pod. Y'all are great. Y'all are a great duo on the mic and always keep it interesting. I feel like I'm official tissue now that I finished up on all your previous pods. I listened to... I, now, this was weird to me why he would do this, but he said, I listened at 1.5 speed and it helped get through faster so I could recommend the new listeners to do the same. Uh, it, it, uh, if you're trying to catch up on a podcast, it, it just it just speeds us up. So we're talking about about, about this bass right here. Yeah, yeah, and it's a, it's a way to get. And then if you hear something that you want to really get to, you can slow you can go back and slow it down. You don't have to listen to it the whole way through. Right. So it, it gets you through some stuff, and just because you know we have a hundred and what ninety something episodes. If you came in at a, at a hundred and ten, I mean. That's a lot to listen to to catch up. Right. So. Um, but what you don't want to do, because uh, I know you can also slow it down to where it sounds like this. I sound better at that speed. Do you really? Yeah. I yeah sound- I'm just afraid some white dude is going to slow it down. Right when I start to talk about the niggas. Right when I start to talk <laughs> about the niggas. That's racist. Right. It does change it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, one point speed. It helped me get through faster, so I recommend the new listeners do the same. The intro music sounds funny, sped up, but the pussy ass nigga tag at the end is still slow. Damn, I just said that. Laugh out loud. Anyway, I got a question for the pod you might find interesting. Which career would you choose? A, a Hall of Famer, MVP, big time, shoe deal, and max contracts. But you never won a ring and never get the type of respect true winners get. Or B, championship role player who got minutes in big time games, made some money, but never max money, gets respect at every bar, restaurant, sporting event. Examples, Charles Barkley or Robert Ory? Allen Iverson or Derek Fisher? James Harden or Andre Iguodala? And then he puts in parentheses. Harden ain't ever winning, coming from a true Rockets fan. Keep making the Pure Cocaine podcast. Peace, baby. Who are you going to be? I want to hear you first, because I, I, I already have my Dude, answer locked I in. I struggled with this. Oh, boy. Do I want to be the face of the franchise, Hall of Famer, All-Star, Max Money Contract, influential player a la Iverson or Barkley or do I want to be 
seven rings, no Hall of Fame, no All-Star, but seven rings, Robert Ory. And, you know, I posted this and I said, depending on which one you pick says a lot about your character. Who doesn't want to be a fucking winner? Who gets into the league in any sport and goes, I don't want to be a champion. But goddamn, max money. You're still a Hall of Famer. You're still a legend. You're still an all-star. But you don't have that one thing that puts you in a, a, in a, in a fraternity that not everybody wants to get into, that not everybody gets into, but wants to be a part of. Because I feel like if I, I feel like if I say, let me be the guy who's Allen Iverson and Barkley, I'm not a winner. And who doesn't want to be a winner? Who do, that's what leaders win. But damn, yo, damn. I hate myself either way. I say the rings. But it's killing me to not be the other shit. But but why are you in it if it's not for the rings? Isn't that the whole point? Game on the line in your backyard. Three, two, he hits it. The game winner, they win the championship. I mean. But before I answer, I'm I'm just going to. Do what I do, which is play both sides here. Uh, but if you go down, like, Barkley has a great career. A Hall of Fame career. Hall of Fame career. And now he has a great after career because of his personality, who he is. Right. He, if, if Jordan wasn't around, I think he would have got a title. I thought he was going to get a title in Phoenix. Right. Um, Iverson, respected, cultural. Tremendously. Cultural icon. Tremendously. But I, I take the rings. Take the rings. And not because of the rings. Not just because of the rings. And honestly, I'm going to say this, and this is going to make me sound weak, but I don't care. I would rather be Steve Kerr than Michael Jordan. Because the second part of your life, Jordan, greatest. How old was Jordan when, when he was done playing basketball? Officially, uh, it was... 2003 with the Wizards. So he was what, 30? No, 30. No, because remember, he, he he had those two games where he made oh, a yeah, record. Yeah. He scored X amount of points at 40 something. All right. I shouldn't use Jordan as an example because who wouldn't want to be Jordan? Uh, who else is a, who else is a, is a large one? Okay. Well, I would rather be Kerr. Elijah one. You take those rings, look at the career Kerr has. Look at the expectations on Kerr. He is able, Kerr is able to go above his expectations. Kerr was never expected to be an NBA player. Right. Championship player. Now he has championship rings, and he goes on, and he didn't get a coaching position. He, he worked for the Suns in the Suns' office. He was, he was the general manager. Then he goes and he becomes the coach. Huge career. I think that when you're that guy, when you're the guy, it's hard to have a second career. And to max out 
before you're in your late 30s, early 40s to max out in your life, to be the best you're ever going to be in your 30s and still have to live into your 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. I think that is a tough life. So Michael's second career as a Charlotte Hornets owner. Yeah, and what does he get? Well, he can't put a team together. He can't get. He can't win right. a championship. He can't. You know, it's that's the criticism because you were this guy. You can't. How do you? How do you? You know, he would have to win a whole decade of championships to get the same credit in his second. Yeah, life but I, he got I, I, I don't know that he he realistically in his own mind expects or anyone else to ever be that guy again. And you know what, Jordan's different though because I don't think I think if you're the if you're the goat. Like if you can sit there and look at those, those other tapes and things other people say and truly laugh, right? I, I guess none of that shit makes a difference to you. But I'm talking about being the star of a team. You get your championship. You're successful, or you become, or like Barkley, where you become the icon of the, of of that. You you have that career. He has a good second career, but when he's sitting on uh, on TNT with mm-hmm. with Ernie and and Shaq. What does Shaq do to him anytime he Shaq anytime? Oh yeah, yeah, punches him in the nuts, man. But you you don't ever sense that that do you, do you sense that that how, how does that not Barkley eat, a how little did that bit not eat you a little bit? I don't think it does to him. I, I, I really don't because listen, it's the one thing he can't come back at Shaq. Right, but I, but listen, and we know certain shit for TV is for entertainment purposes. But if that really ate at him. You don't think Barkley would pull Shaq aside just go, hey, man, do me a favor. I, you fuck no, with me about No, you could it. never say that because if you said that, if you said that, right. now now it's always against you. I, I just said, I, what I mean by being the underachieving player, maybe it's because of who I am because uh, I haven't ever really achieved anything. Being, in a, being that middle guy, because if you're getting in the NBA, you're already achieved. To play in the NBA is a big deal. There's very few people that play in that, that league. Right. So if you are good enough that you even got to play in that, you are already an exceptional. So Oliver Miller achieved? You know, he didn't win a <laughs> ring, though, either. Did he win a ring? He didn't, win a, he didn't win a ring. And not only that, he was almost like the laughing stock because he was like a 300-pound. Dude, when he was playing for the Suns, he lost a lot of weight. He played well for a couple years. Okay. Uh, I'm just saying, I think that if you want a ring, you have a great career. You have that respect, you go on, and you can have your second career. I just, you know what I really, I just see these guys that are the dude, and they win, but then they don't have that career afterwards. That's the best they were ever going to be. When you're, when you're 30 and you're done, right? how do you live the next 40 as like what I used to do? Well, I think that the fact that they know this is how it goes, they know they can't play forever. So I think mentally there's an adjustment that they they naturally just make. Because I, I would say, look, we could do stand-up forever. Yeah. As long as there's we... There's 90-year-old stand-ups right now. Yeah, we could do stand-up forever. So as far as that instant glory, gratification you get from having a killer show, we can feel that till we die. I can't imagine it because I'm not, I don't come from that world of sports, but I would imagine, damn, to go from the cheers and the screams and the the, the rush of a dunk and a, a shot last second clock, that adjustment, how do you, I, if I could talk to her, what do you, what do you go through mentally? What, what do you, 
Because nothing will replace that. Man, so how do you... Yeah. Wow. That's why being... And, and I use Kerr as the best example because he's the one that I can think of uh, and closest to me because I went, you know, I'm from Arizona. Right. Dude, you hit the big shot to win a game on Jordan's team. You're that middle tier player. You're not the, you're not the, you know, people weren't, he was a good sharpshooter, but, he, you know, it's Kerr. I mean, it right. wasn't like he had, he was a strong player, but he wasn't, he didn't have all the skills. He was Kerr. Right. And but now he has his second career. It's as big as his first. I mean, how great is that to the look at all the other guys' career right now to play uh for the Bulls. Look at where Kerr's at. How would you how would you want that second part of your life to be so it's incredible. Right. I, I just I think to be that mid level player, I, I that's why that question was kinda easy for me to answer. To be that middle and take your take your life to the next level. Now, there's a lot of people that don't get any recognition, and then they disappear. They own right. a bar, and they just become that right. the drunk guy tells stories uh, that you everybody's heard before. But I, I just I I don't I don't know how I could if my I didn't start having fun until I was in my forties. I hated life. I, I I don't know how I would I I really appreciate the idea that you could have a second career if you're that guy as opposed to being the superstar that didn't have a championship. You peaked, and you didn't get your championship. I guess you just have to be where it don't bother you, the chatter. Yeah, he was good, but he never won a chat. If that shit don't bother you, then yeah. But but then you get your you get Barkley's a little different because Barkley has a great career afterwards, but not everybody gets a great career. Afterwards, who never won a championship? Right. Like, what would what could Allen Iverson do right now? Because he's such a street dude, he don't seem like he's built for commentating. But I wish I could do an Allen Iverson impression so y'all could really know what I mean. Like, Barkley is a fun personality. Yeah, he's always been a great soundbite. Now, maybe in his "I'm not a role model" days. Uh, and I always say, because, you know, slim, trim, and shape, a little bit more threatening, you know, because, you know, he was a black man who didn't take no shit. And that's always threatening to mainstream white America. But even then, he was still likable. Um, but now he's lovable. He's a fat teddy bear. <laughs> you know, Shaq's a great soundbite. He's funny. He's goofy. Allen Iverson has always had that street edge to him. I don't think anybody's going to be knocking out on his door to commentate. No, but I mean, Allen Iverson is such a cultural icon. I mean, if you want to come up with the, a clothing line tomorrow, part market it with his name, you don't think there's someone who would take that? Maybe. But when you're also far removed from the game... It, it, it goes away. It diminishes. Goes away it disappears. Bit. Yeah, Like Jordan is such a brand and a global icon that it's like... That is what it is. I don't know that Iverson ha- would have that same effect in that area. And incidentally, I read a funny, I don't know if you saw it. I saw a funny Instagram meme. It said, uh, until niggas is getting robbed for their LeBrons, MJ's the GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's pretty funny, man. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, you, you 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 want to address that? We didn't address it in in Wednesday's episode. Which one? What the LeBron championship? Oh, that's how much I don't give a fuck. Okay, dude, I'm telling you, this, this bubble shit. Not, it not, took me the, out of it. it. It just took me out of it. And 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 listen, a championship is a championship. Okay, his his, his legitimacy is legitimacy. But even and listen, I know a lot of people who are you know giving him his props and rightly so. But also a lot of people were like, man, this is bullshit. This was an asterisk season. Uh, I don't know if it's an. They still had to play all the games. Yeah, but again, if they had played the games where the momentum had stayed the same, somebody might have gotten hurt. Something might have happened. Yeah, but it did. But, but, but no, it gave everybody a chance to get healthy. Yeah. And I, this just did not feel legit to me. He won another one. What is this? Uh, three or four? Is it? Four. Four. Because he won two with Miami, Cleveland, and now L.A. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. There's some real hard LeBron dick riders. I don't know. Like Nick Wright. Nick Wright had been screaming for the longest. Other than saying six rings, name me something that makes Jordan better than LeBron. Other than that, cut to Nick Wright's comment. Four, all he needs is two more. Well, wait a minute, nigga. How come Mike six don't mean shit? But now you champion for this nigga two more, and that'll mean shit. I I don't know how playing on the same team for your whole career doesn't give you any... I don't know how your mental doesn't elevate you past. And 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 this motherfucker, this cocksucker, uh, Callan Cowherd, hey. said some shit where he said, uh, "Michael needed Phil and Pippen. All LeBron needs is a basketball." <laughs> Take that nigga's nuts out of your mouth. <laughs> that is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Based on that logic. Kareem ain't shit because he had Riley and, I mean, Magic ain't shit because he had Kareem and Riley. Duncan ain't shit because he had Parker and Popovich. Isaiah Thomas ain't shit because he had Rodman and Chuck Daly. What a dumb fucking statement. Oh, Mike needed a good coach and help? Who the fuck don't? And if we're being honest, come on. LeBron had Bosh, Wade, Kyrie, K-Love, and A.D. He needed more than a fucking basketball. Well, when he didn't have a basketball, when it, when he didn't have those other players around him, he didn't get a championship, so the basketball wasn't the, the caretaker of that. When he got swept by... Well, well no, no. When you, what you just said. Okay, if all he needed was a basketball, why didn't he win that first championship when Cleveland took on San Antonio and they got swept? If all he needed was a basketball. Well... But it's Callan Cal- Calherd. He should have been fired for that. <laughs> he didn't deserve to get fired for that. He was just a Le- LeBron fan. You can't let someone who's supposed to know sports say something that irresponsible. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but that's just going that he's the, the LeBron guy. That's all he said by that. I'm a LeBron guy. I'm LeBron. Well, then say that, nigga. But don't say that dumb shit. Look how you just going to disrespect Mike like that. Oh, you needed a coach and Pippen. Or Braun just needs a ball. That's not even remotely true. <laughs> well, he would need a basket, too. 
Yeah. Backboard. Yeah, all that. Court. Dude, um, I love it when, and, and again, this is what causes me to get into these arguments with some of these dudes on, on, on social media, but I love it when guys constantly go, um, there was one picture somebody sent me and said it showed Michael Jordan and Kobe with their championships and their rings on, and it said uh, four championships in how many times has LeBron been to the finals? Is it 10 or 17? Uh, no, it's not 17. So 10. Yeah. Those four championships in 10 attempts. That's what y'all call greatness? And listen, again, I'm not diminishing LeBron's accomplishments. One championship ever is greatness because, damn, I mean, you know, some dudes go their whole careers and never win. So quadruple? I'm not diminishing that, but at the same time, can we keep some perspective? Mike won all his with one team. Mike never faced a game seven in the finals. He won the MVP all six times. He three-peated twice. Come on, man. And, and, and to all them dudes who go, well, Mike got knocked out of the first round. Okay, but it's not how you start. It's how you finish. LeBron took a garbage team to the finals. Mike wasn't shit without Pippen. Correct me if I'm wrong. When Mike joined the Bulls and they wasn't shit, he took them to the playoffs, scored 63 in Boston Garden against the Celtics, who were the champs. What, what, are, we, what are we talking about? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, listen, if you, if you love LeBron, love LeBron, man. He's a great player. He is. I, we just... If you have to have this argument, and this is the point I think that you just tried to make, you didn't even bring it up because we're not going to have this argument. We know who the goat is. And isn't there something to be said about a dynasty? Aren't dynasties when you make a dynasty? That is true greatness. The Spurs were a dynasty. The Lakers were a dynasty. Celtics dynasty. Bulls dynasty. How can you call a dynasty with three different teams? But see, it will never be that way again because. The way trades happen now, the way that players work with each other and move themselves, if not other players, around. I mean, when Jordan did it, uh, when the Bull, when when uh, let's 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 do this. The Celtics did it, uh, Detroit did it, and Chicago did it. They dealt. It was the team. It was the GM moving players around, and the the stars on the team had to go with what they could do. They didn't get to call. Jordan didn't get to call whoever he wanted. He didn't get to call uh, Olajuwon. Magic or Bird. And as he said, he wouldn't want to. Could you imagine if he called Olajuwon and that was their center the whole time he was there? Oh. Oh. This, it's a different story now. So, And we can say none of these stories match up. If you, if you watch Jordan play, and I've watched Jordan and LeBron play, and you can't see that this, this guy is the GOAT, I can't help you. You just do believe in what you believe and stick with that. Because he's a great player. It's not like you're. you're it's not like you're going to be punished because you believe LeBron was the greatest. And 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 when the era <clears throat> is not as strong, because teams are teaming up, and and the and the uh, the playing field and the level of competition is not as strong, because one or two teams have all the power. How is that? How is that fun? 
I mean, for 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 unless you, that's your city and that's your team, which now you have an emotional investment, how is that fun for you as a fan, knowing well, that the balance of power belongs to <clears throat> one or two teams, and the rest just don't have a shot? Well, but it was kind of that way before before to, to win the championship. Uh, Detroit had to go through the Celtics. They had to beat the Celtics. Right. Chicago had to beat. Uh, Detroit. It was like, yeah, and there's other teams. L.A. shot up there. Uh, Celtics even came back on Detroit. There's other teams that you always knew had strength to to win. Right. But there was always a team that you had. It was your nemesis. You had to go through them. You had to prove that you were the championship. You were the champions. Now you just move players around. It's not about the team. Like even when you went, yo, Giannis. And Milwaukee, because of Giannis, is tough. Yeah, but did you ever really thought that they would have a chance against the Lakers? Yo, the Clippers, who might have had the best shot on paper because of Kawhi and Paul George and some of the role players, Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly and his defense. But if you were a betting man, did you really think anybody was going to beat the Lakers? The Lakers were a shoe in I really thought, I really, I really thought the Clippers. Really, you really thought, yo, they're going to do it, dude? Did you see? No one scored. No one scored for the Clippers. You talking about uh, during the series? Yeah, yeah, they shitted on themselves. They choked. And I expected Kawhi to come in with that that cyborg mentality. But even if he did, and 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 the Clippers put their A game on, and the Lakers put their A game on, you think they got the better A game than the Lakers? On paper, they did. Nah, son. I mean, yeah, on on paper, it looked that way. I, I thought it was. I thought it was going to be the. I thought there was the flip. The Clippers were going to be the kings of L.A. Side pussy don't ever replace wifey pussy. Um, Michael Smith selling out. <clears throat> Dear Mr. Spears, I cannot stress how much of a huge fan I am of yours. I could probably recite the whole look Hollywood I'm smiling routine to you if I met you. Big up to Andy as well. I'm a huge fan of the podcast and I enjoy everything about it, especially how candid you have been about your delusion with Hollywood. I want to ask you if you ever considered selling out. Have you ever considered changing the core and essence of who you are, which is raw, uncut, and unfiltered to be more palatable to the mainstream? There are edgy comedians who have crossed over. However, crossing over doesn't always work out for the best. Case in point, Mark Curry. Mark Curry is one of the funniest stand-ups I've ever seen. He has he was an urban comic. He was on Def Jam. He even hosted Showtime at the Apollo. You don't get more urban than Showtime at the Apollo. He got the deal with ABC to do Hanging with Mr. Cooper. And while it was not a bad show, I feel like he neglected his urban sensibilities and abandoned his audience. That's why I think his Hollywood career didn't blossom after that show because he took the money. Hanging with Mr. Cooper started out as the Black Threes Company. Then the second season, it became this bubblegum sweet as cake show. Raven Simone was even on it. Hanging with Mr. Cooper was created by the same guy who created Full House, the cheesiest of sitcoms. So all in, 
I'm asking you, do you ever see yourself selling out and abandoning the audience and sensibilities that have made you who you are today to have a career like Kevin Hart or Eddie Murphy? How would you define selling out? That's a good one, brother. Um, First of all, let me say this. I didn't know of Mark Curry until hanging with Mr. Cooper. I had never seen his stand-up. First time I ever heard of him was uh, the show. And I remember there was a club in Long Island called Triveca. And it was the last time I kicked it because we were on the same show, me and Tracy Morgan. And I think I told the story. It's the one where me and him were going to take a cab from Long Island back to Manhattan. And the nigga threw up all in the cab. Um, But I really didn't know Mark Curry's stand-up until I performed with him at the Lincoln Theater in D.C. where Eddie Murphy did Delirious. Mark Curry is a beast. It's so funny. A fucking beast. And I didn't know, because, you know, look, and most of those sitcoms in that era, most sitcoms, if you weren't the 70s, maybe the mid early mid-80s, even like sitcoms was racy and edgy, 70s, I don't even want to say early 80s. I think the 70s, All in the Family, the Jeffersons, you know, they said nigga on TV. You know, they dealt with race, certain issues. But from the 80s on, all sitcoms had a softness to it. Um, whether or not that hurt him or not is hard to say. I, I don't know. Um, and look, man, you either have to let the word sell out bother you. Or, you know, or not. And, and as I said, my, my first manager used to say, don't let this business define your happiness. Sellout sounds like a bad word. If somebody calls you a sellout, you get offended. Um, so I don't want to say he sold out. Um, but I also don't know where his happiness lies or laid or whatever you know what i mean like i i don't know where his life was to where it's like it's hard to say no to shiny shit and a television show is some shiny shit that gets you a lot of shiny shit and the truth is most motherfuckers wouldn't say no to that no matter how cheesy it might appear to be me personally <laughs> i'm not I'm not there yet. Uh, Maybe if I'm forced to be there, I might, you know. I love that joke Dave Chappelle did on um, his first Netflix special, the one he did in L.A., when he said, uh, Dancing with the Stars? Not yet. (laughs) He said, I can't picture myself sitting there waiting for some judge to score my cha-cha. So, you know, um, but he did say not yet. Not yet. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, like you know, and I'm being funny when I say this, but it's it's a, it's a sad funny. It's a tragic funny. I remember uh, what's that show? Um, the one about the niggas that lose weight, the celebrities that lose weight. Celebrity Fit Club. Fit Club. Yeah. Dude from Celebrity Fit Club called my manager, offered me eighty grand. That's what they cost to, to be on the show. Offered me 80 grand to do it. <clears throat> I said, tell them hell no <clears throat> and suck my dick. 
because what I'm not going to do is allow me to be the punchline for your show. 80 grand is nice, but that to me is selling out. I'm not going to be, if I'm going to go and have to lose weight and get myself together, that's my personal journey that will not be televised. I'm not going to be the punchline for your fucking amusement up there with a bunch of, and I'm not trying to disrespect these people, but come on, man. What was Steven Seagal's wife, ex-wife that was gorgeous and uh, weird science? Kelly Kelly something? Yeah. Kelly LeBrock. Yeah. Kelly LeBrock, nigga, Tempest Bledsoe, and fucking uh, Screech. Nah, nigga. Screech was on it? Yeah. Was he fat? He a little chunky. Kelly LeBrock got big. Yeah. Um, dude, I, I have a hard time. <clears throat> I, I'm And this... Uh, this is perfect for me. Uh, this is going to come from a total white guy perspective. Uh, that I, I I don't understand the the sellout. I don't I don't understand this completely. Uh, I understand if someone turned their back on the black community and said, "I'm just walking. I, I, I don't. I'm walking away from <clears throat> my community to do this." But like I, I just really recently watched someone sent this to me, and I wish I had his name, but it's. I'm I'm going to shout you out as soon as it, uh, next episode. I promise because I'll get it. Did he send it to you too? The uh, the rodeo, uh, the black rodeo guy. The black rodeo. See, and I I don't want to talk about this because I don't have it. I'm just going to do this real quick. Uh, there there's uh, in rodeo. Uh, there's only one black man that is in the top. Oh, the- I saw that. Yeah. And he talks about that that a uh, little bit about that. It's a white sport. It's a white sport. And he can't get support. He doesn't get. He doesn't. You know. He wasn't getting. He wasn't getting sponsored. He didn't get. He doesn't. <clears throat> and it's hard to continue to do that without the sponsors. There's an, and then there's another uh, black, uh, a younger black guy, who's trying to come up, uh, but he doesn't have sponsorship, and it's trying. And and he so he he's trying to get in there, and they think that he might be the guy who could you know break into the into that um, arena of rodeo. <laughs> I know this sounds funny, but here's the, here's the thing that uh, that's well, funny. Let to me, me just say this: Don't lose your point. But it's a everything is a white sport until it ain't no more. Right, I, I agree with that. And pretty soon that nigga gonna put rims on the bull. Okay, so here's the <clears> thing, though. He people talk about selling out. Here's a guy who's trying to make it in a sport that is considered a white sport. Right. But he's a black dude, and, and if, when they go through it, they go through like cowboy and was twenty five percent black. The part of it is that we don't even know our. History. Our American history is not taught correctly, so we don't know the history. Right. But if that's the case, and twenty five percent of it, regardless, he's here right now. He's trying to come up, and they said call people selling out. Well, if you you're not buying in, here's mm-hmm. a guy who we there. There's black business now. Where is that support for this guy to to tap into that white sport and make it a multicultural sport? Are 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 white people turning him down in terms of sponsorship or black people? Uh, well, I, he's just not getting sponsorship. You have to get sponsorship to, to stay on. You know, now I, do you, okay, so white, some white people are not fucking with him. White people aren't fucking with him. Black people aren't fucking with him. Okay, before we get to the black people, do, do you obviously think the white people not doing it is racial? I don't know. I don't know because I, I don't know what position he was in that top 100. I think for the most part... You the top twenty five are where the money's at is is where the bulk of the money is. But yeah, I I I think though that 
a, a white company uh, could also be sponsoring. Yeah. So yeah, there's probably some. How could there not be some racial implication in that? Right. Okay. So we we can do that. But if it's not always if if it's not on the white man to bring you up, and I've heard this all the time. I, I'm not supposed to have an opinion. So you, uh, you know, you got you got a white opinion. Well, if there is black money, black marketing, and you call people who walk away from certain, uh, uh, from what the black communities deems as, as, as uh, it's hard for me to talk about, but is what would be black, mm-hmm. which rodeo isn't black. Obviously, there's only one guy in the top 100, Nas- and he's retiring. NASCAR isn't black. No, nope, but, but, but they have a sponsor now, and who sponsored it? Okay, but... Bubba Smith, I don't know shit about NASCAR. Is he one of the top dudes? He's a well-known. He's he's racing in there, so he's in the top one hundred. I get. I, I don't know. I don't know NASCAR either. So, uh, but he's in there, and he has a black sponsor. But where's that black sponsor though in rodeo? Then, what I'm all I'm saying is, is 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 someone selling out, or is the black community not buying in? A little. Well, no, I don't want to say sell it out. No. Um. I think both the black and the white community aren't necessarily buying in. But if you have the opportunity, oh, let's look at Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is a great example. There wasn't anybody to to hang on to in golf that was uh, uh, black that was like a great golfer. There was some black guys that came up before Tiger Woods, but I mean, right. Tiger Woods was the guy who turned that. Mm-hmm. Well, that that was considered a white sport. Arthur Ashe, he was uh, the only black man in tennis at one point. But that fell away because it wasn't, it, it didn't have the same cachet to the, to the community. But why aren't there more black guys in, involved and black women involved in, in that sport? Now we have the Williams sisters, but who's replacing them? I, I'm just, I'm not saying that. I'm not calling anybody out on this. I'm just I, the terminology of someone selling out to do something that's different that may be not the normal mainstream. We you do, but, but but that's the, the sellout accusation in terms of what he was saying was going from street to become mainstream. Okay, but if he was able to get a show and there isn't uh, there isn't someone producing black shows, he's opening the door to get more people in. You're right. So yeah, I, I don't know that sellout was the right word. That that's my only thing about yeah. it. when I hear the word sellout. I, I because I think a sellout is very negative. That's that's a negative connotation. Right. That you just that, to me that means you turned your back. Yeah, I don't know that sellout is the right word. I, I don't know what the word is right now. But uh, again, I think to make it to a certain level to have certain doors open up for you. Let's not lie about what this is. Hollywood is a white person's game. They run it. They're the gatekeepers. And, you know, niggas have to dance to a different beat. You know what I mean? But is that changing? Is it changing now? Is I there more it, production companies that have black ownership? I think, I think that there are, there are changes that happen within the system. Um, but I don't know how how how... how Big enough that is overall, like, I, like I, to, to you know what I mean. I, you know, I still think, I still think at some point you may have to say ordinary tasks. You know, I, 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 
I don't know, man. I, I it's like like I, it, it would be great to know why it seemed like after hanging with Mr. Cooper, like you look at Martin after Martin the show, Martin went on to become Martin the movie guy. Why hadn't Mark Curry go on pat to go on past the show to do other things, especially if you're that funny? Well, if he's that funny, though, don't you think that has a lot to do with not being supported, though, from the black community that let him go a little bit because they felt it was a sellout because he's doing a show that isn't what they what would be considered uh, and a good question? Because that's where I say, is it, is it selling out or is it not buying in? Because why wouldn't you want to support Mark Curry? Why wouldn't you want to support him and getting a career where he could bring other people in? This right. is it, because when we talk about this, and we talk about this being a, a white business, uh, entertainment's being a white business, that means other white people are helping out other white people. That means the white community is watching, and that means other white people that are in charge are pulling other white people up, right? Is that what we're saying? Is that where the, the discrepancy in, in, the, in, in, in the fairness of this is? So if you have someone that's black and they're actually in, why aren't we supporting that person to bring other people in? Right. And, and that's my question. I, I, I get very confused because I think right now it's, in, it's, there's, there's a, it's almost like when we look back at history and we talk about what's going on in, in our world and how it's wrong, and it is, there's no denying what's going on I think is wrong, but it's almost like we haven't recognized that there are black people that do have some power, some money, and, to, to, and, and are, are trying to make meaningful changes. But where is, where is the momentum also from that? Because I know that there's momentum. I can feel it. You can feel it right now. You can feel it in everything that's happening. Mm. But I, I just, it's, it's not, it's bigger than this. It, it's bigger than this right now. And when you, that word sellout, it really hits me in a way because I, I, I want to know where the buy-in is. Not the sellout. Where's the buy-in? Where's, where's taking care of that, well, the that, cowboy? Uh, well, where's taking care of the cowboy to get him his sponsorship? That comes after the fact. Once he's established so much success it can't be denied, then everybody jumps on the bandwagon. Yeah, but white people don't have to have that. We have to figure out a way that black people also in a sport like that can get support, can get movement. We have to make sure that people are taken care of and, and get movement. But if black people aren't going to support that guy, why are white people going to support that guy? Well, they still can support him, even if we don't. I, and, I, I understand and, and, that. And but probably will I understand, at some point. Some, but I'm, what I'm asking is, if he's there, why isn't he getting that support? Because that's only going to bring more people in. That's going to bring more people in. If the black, if if, if there's a hundred guys that want to ride rodeo, and I'm sure there's more than that, black dudes. But mm -hmm. if the support of the community was there, there'd be two hundred or five hundred more the next right. year, in in a few years. And at that point, you're going to get, you're going to find those people that are hitting the top ten, the top twenty. Mm -hmm. Where where I I don't understand this. It's the divide. Uh, I just don't, I, you know, I, I guess I just never seen anything that this is a black thing, this is a white thing. I, I, I think that's my problem. It's my own problem. But I, 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 the sellout thing really bothers me because I, I, I want, is, I, I like things to be multicultural. I want to see more people support people in things that you normally wouldn't see them in. Right. All right. Um, Andre, Andre Oliver. 
Uh, hi, Aries and Andy. Big fan of the show. You guys are dope. I'm 26, black, Caribbean. Live in a flat in Peckham, London by myself. I box and practice different martial arts. Listen to hip-hop, rap, soul, blues, rock, watch comedy, and hang out with my mites. Hang out with me mites. I used to be a construction worker, then joined the Army to better myself, but sadly got medically discharged because of a hand injury at work. I was raised by Nan, so visit her three times a week and help out when I can. Although we uh, are very, although we are different people and have different lives, I've experienced racism and often feel like moving militant like those black activists that complain about the white man. Please do that impression. Yeah, brothers, Andy with his pink, white skin and <laughs> devil-like hooves. <laughs> uh, although I have many friends that are white, most of my close friends black and can relate to my experiences. Don't really have a question, just a fan of the show and you and Andy's comedy. I thought it would be cool to show you what type of fan uh, appreciates you guys? Fair but balanced views on topics. I just want to say Obama did the job he was supposed to do, point blank, period. Sopranos is genius. Anyone who doesn't understand your comedy and think you're number one over anyone is too unintelligent to get your comedy, Aries. Andy, I like how honest and fair you are as a person, and I'm going to check out your comedy because if you're next to the goat, then you must be kind of a goat as well. I like this nigga. Annie? Uh, nah. Oh. No, uh. no, I'd like to do, but uh, I'm not being being uh, in a proximity. It doesn't make you anything. No, I was just waiting for you to jump right on it. I like this nigga too. Yeah, that was P.S. I'm the guy in the middle. I'm 5'11", not short. It's just my best friend's a giant. Jesus, did really do. He does look little. Yeah. Uh, Andre, appreciate you, brother. Thank you for the love, man. Uh, keep doing your thing. Uh, much blessings to you, bro. Um. Okay, Talib Oro Tiwa. You know, always tell these African niggas. <laughs> uh, dear Mrs. I, Mrs. Spears, my name is Talib. I'm 26. Much love from the New New Jersey, NYC area. I may be a broken record, but you're the best. I grew up with you on Mad TV and always love Mad TV more than SNL. I love your two comedy specials, especially the second. You have mad voice acting chops, too, with Proud Family and the Boondocks. I delivered the podcast. Uh, I discovered the podcast November of last year when revisiting one of your Mad TV sketches. It was the racist but funny Wizard of Oz sketch where you fuck Dorothy. <laughs> You ask who's the wizard, and then she says, you are. That shit cracks me up today. In one episode of the podcast, you talk about possibly having to rebrand yourself in order to get back in the good graces of the Hollywood gatekeepers, Ashkenazi Jews. Ashkenazi. Oh, excuse me, you Cam Sam beak nose motherfucker. That's up to you. But I have a piece of advice. The so-called artists who chase the trends and uphold the status quo may be praised in their time, but they won't leave a legacy. They will be forgotten 
uh, to time because of their insincerity. True artists like you make art according to their vision and views may not gain the success of the material world, but artists who are sincere, who make art for them and not the messes, the masses will go down in history. I have a question. What are your three favorite childhood video games and three favorite games of today? Take care. I'm a dedicated listener to the podcast. Based on your assertion of me, son, I guess I'm Alan Iverson. <laughs> I'll never be Jordan. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, thank you, bro. Uh, three childhood video games. Uh, Contra, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A, B-A, select, start. You know what that is? No. That, damn, you really didn't play video games. No, man. I mine, I'm old. I'm Atari, dude. Okay. Um, yeah, that was to get the un- infinite number of men in Contra. Um, so that... I got to say Altered Beast from the Sega Genesis. Um, My third favorite. Uh, Another one from Sega Genesis, Kung Fu. Uh, My three favorite now. Um, Spider-Man was incredible. Uh, God of War. And um, I'm late to the party uh, because I didn't play the first one. But I'm on the second one, The Last of Us Part Two, um, and you know I, I fuck with Madden and in 2K. You said Atari, dude. Yeah, um, my games were uh, Asteroids, Damn. <laughs> Missile Command, and Defender. Okay, is that early Atari? Well, that wasn't even Atari. Those were the quarter games that you go play. Oh, you mean like actual arcade games? In the Atari, it was uh, it was Space Invaders, Missile Command. And uh, you know, you know what I liked a lot that I played a lot that is, is Tetris. Are you good at Tetris? I was, I was all right at it. Yeah, but I had a Game Boy, the first generation. When it was the what, like a gray screen? Yeah, or, it was, yeah, it was yeah. gray screen. It was that big, right? But I didn't play games, and now I don't play any games. The Spider-Man game I know is good because I watch my kids play it. And oh, I, they play it. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I played this one game with my kids where it's like a, it's like soccer but with a. Uh, like four wheel, what like four wheel, like four wheel drive vehicles, mm-hmm. where you uh, still knock the ball into goals. Right. I played that one with my. I don't even know what that's called. But okay. I don't play games. All right. I'm not a gamer at all. Gotcha. I don't have that. I never had the dexterity to. You ain't got the Chris Rock claws. Oh, no, I can't all do right. that. All right. Did you like Chris Rock's new commercial? I've never seen it. I haven't seen it. He has a new commercial. He's commercial now, and he has this. And he's on Fargo. What was the commercial? I think it was T-Mobile. Really? Oh, okay. Uh, Ran Foots, uh, Horror Nightmare on Elm Street. Good day, my niggas. It's the nigga with the slave name, Ran Foots. He starts every email with that, as though we've forgotten. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed the horror film park podcast, and I agree with the one list other listeners. You should do more of these. As a kid growing up in the 80s, our parents had us watching shit that we weren't supposed to. A Nightmare on Elm Street a classic, but as a child, it scared the shit out of me. Freddie traumatized me. I would turn the lights off in the house and do. Oh my! Uh, oh, my uncle would turn the lights off in the house and do Freddie impressions. How could you not talk about that scene in the alley where Freddie was walking with his arms stretched and his claws scratching the buildings? That shit fucked me up. Fucked my head up. But that shit was entertaining as a kid, and as a kid was believable. I miss those days where everything was better. The new nightmare fucked me up, too. You like that bullshit? 
I was 12. Oh, that's why. I was 12 when that came out, and they put Freddie in that muscle suit, and the plot of that one was genius. Anyway, keep putting out the dopest content in the podcast arena, and Jason fucked my head up too. Peace and blessings, my niggas. Yeah, man, Freddie was the guy, man. I was already a little older, so I wasn't as I wasn't as scared. Right. But Freddie was, yeah, it was fun to watch. You remember that scene he was talking about? That was from the yeah, Freddie yeah. too, Nightmare yeah, yeah. Two, yeah, yeah. the gay Freddie. Uh, you know the old effects, though. Like you know, when you watch it now and you see uh, the mm-hmm. tongue come through the phone, mm-hmm. it doesn't have that. It doesn't look the same, right? Because we have CGI now. But right, that shit when that first came. Oh yeah, that yeah. was that was like you know almost damn near like groundbreaking. Um, Ephraim Young, horror in the eighties. What up, ANA? Like that. ANA. Uh, what do y'all think of these joints? All scared the shit out of me and my brothers back in the day, but we also watched. Sends me a picture of Creep Show, The Thing, Evil Speak, and oh, Witchboard. That's the one. And Phantasm. 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 Dude, before we, before we get to that, because yeah. Um, Creep Show. It was good. Felt a little campy. But it was good. But it was a good campy. Yeah. Um, I like Creep Show 1 better than Creep Show 2. I didn't think Creep Show 2 was that great. Um, the thing, the part with the roaches, the dude and the roaches in Creep Show 1, yeah, that was oh, the last yeah, yeah, segment yeah. of those segments. He, he was some rich dude yeah. in an apartment. And, and, and I grew up with roaches. And he had and he couldn't have any uh, germs. He was that right. Yeah, yeah. And all the the scene where all the roaches enter his mouth and basically burst out of his body, that was a bit much for me. Uh, but I love Creep Show. Never saw the thing. I never saw the thing. I saw the original. The the thing that I remember is is going back, and it was before my time. And it was a black and white movie where um, this thing came from outer space. Landed on the ground, the guy pokes it with a stick and it gets this on him and mm-hmm. then it just slowly takes him over. I don't know really? if that's what that is. I think that's what that is. So it's the remake of that. I, I, uh, yeah. Nah, I, I never saw that one. Okay. What was that? Evil Speak. I didn't see that. Uh, remember the little kid you used to pick on? Well, he's a big boy now. Yeah, I never saw that either. That one, I would go see that though now. That one, yeah. Just from the, the graphic looks scary. Uh, Witchboard. Didn't see that? Nope, didn't either. Now, Phantasm. That one scared the shit That's, out of me. Yeah. My dad was mad that it scared me that much. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that old man. Yeah. That silver ball just hits you in the head. Did you see Phantasm too? I did, but I don't remember it because I, I, I remember, I don't think I liked it. Right. Because it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like this. Yeah, that shit. I don't even think I I I, I want to watch Phantasm now. I wanted to bring Phantasm up when we did the the thing, and I forgot to bring it up because that that was one of my that was one of the ones that really got me. Right now we're both really showing our age. Yeah. Um, we're almost there. I know. Raja B. Raja B. Andy's melting pot explanation. Hey guys, great podcast uh, as per usual. I found what Andy was saying about black culture being the pot. I think the perfect way to have helped drive it home would be to ask what color is the pot? He puts in parentheses black. Peace and love to y'all. If you ever come up to Alaska, I'll be at the shows. Well, uh, 
until we do a cruise ship. Yeah, fuck that. But um, Alaska's out there. I'm trying. I've been to Alaska once. Uh, me and DL Hewley did a show out there. Did you? Yeah. Where at? I don't remember some some makeshift convention center hall. Yeah, it wasn't like a. They don't no, have like a theater room no, like no, for it. Okay. No. Um. Yeah, of course the pot's black. When I say that, I think of an iron pot, like a melting pot. And an iron pot would be black, yeah. And, you know, it, it's funny because if you know anything about an iron pot, that's where the food gets a lot of its seasoning is mm-hmm. from from the pot. It, it, it takes in all the, the flavors and it, and it redistributes around. And it creates its own and adds flavor to what's in the pot. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm glad you I, – I, yeah, you could finish it out with that, the black pot. But I was thinking of an iron pot when I said it. Okay. Uh, Frank C. Graham. Aries, stop playing and fuck a pure white woman already. Dude, I may, it may be time to not just fuck one, but be with one. You're not going to win any award. That's not. I'm just saying the, 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 the blacks and the Hispanics, I ain't been having luck, nigga. Maybe time to OJ Simpson the game. <laughs> Harry's and Andy what's going on my brothers hope all is well in this fucked up world right now we are both we hope you both know how much we appreciate y'all taking the time to do your thing just to entertain when you can check out the show called Californication yeah it was on the stars channel it starred David Duchovny from X-Files it's fucking nuts man you'll love it it is crazy it's basically about him being a struggling writer trying not to lose his family due to him okay due to him being into partying and smashing all these beautiful ass women it's hilarious and right up your alley so definitely let us know what you think of it oh and Brendan Fraser is actually killing it right now on the new DC show Doom Patrol I remember you saying before how we want how we want doing shit right now bug that's his big comeback Remember you saying before how we want doing shit. I think it was trying. He wasn't doing doing shit. shit. (laughs) Um, Which are still available. Yes. $10, a lot of money. T-shirts are still available, dog, for you. uh, Sell it for $11, even though minus one, but add zero, still get 10. I think we only have we only have we don't have a bunch left. Yeah. Um That's his big comeback. It's one of the best superhero shows on at the moment, in my opinion, up there with the boys. And what's it on? Do you say Um Do you see shit he didn't say. I'm gonna have to look at it. No, he didn't say. But okay, it probably uh on because I know the boys is available on Amazon Prime. So that might be it. Thank you guys so much for what you do. Hope you and your family stay blessed. Peace and love. Thank you, Frank C. Graham. The f- what is it? What numeral is that? That's four. Four. Oh, you one of them regal niggas. Hmm. Uh. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, that's four. Yeah, okay. I want to read this last one uh, from a lady. Oh. Uh, uh, where are you? Where are you? See, this is what happens when I don't have the emails printed and I got to scroll through my goddamn phone. Well, at least you have your phone. What you mean? I can't even get my emails. Well, you know, shit. Um, <clears throat> AB, 
Love y'all. Oh my goodness, guys. I am currently listening to episode 138, Working It Out. I am so happy that y'all worked out the elephant in the room. I am mentally sucking both y'all's dicks for real. Well, why I got to be mental, baby? I don't even let, like let the me, idea of it mentally happening. I, fuck that. Let make, let's make it happen for real. Um, as I have been bouncing around through various episodes, I have wondered about y'all history and friendship. Wow. Many hugs, kisses, and support to both y'all. I had to take this moment to send this message. Thank you both for sharing that honest space in your lives at that moment. This episode is a true example of true friendship. I can't ebony and ivory. I can't get enough of y'all. I feel like a groupie. Again, baby, why you got to be pretend? Come on, shit. It was weird because we were both in the room at the same time the way she said it. Did she sucking our dicks? That's usually how it happens. I can't be in the kitchen and you in the den and she going back and forth from the kitchen to the den. Can you imagine that? One dick in the room kind Excuse of guy. Excuse me. Excuse me. That'd be a hell of a, you know. Um, yes, therapy has helped me face a lot of shit from my past and to break the cycle of poverty, incarceration, drug and alcohol abuse in my immediate family. We as black people have to face the truth in order to heal and move forward. We all deserve to be happy. A.B. Yeah, I, uh, I, I never wanted to believe in therapy, uh, but I could see where it is useful for some people. Because at the end of the day, you need a shoulder to cry on. And if you could get some sound advice, too, that actually helps you out, uh, mazel tov. Uh, and I and I know that's one of like you like you said about the black bull rider. Uh it's not selling out, it's buying in. And I think culturally in the black community, therapy was always looked down on. Like like you made fun of. Therapy, that's some white shit. So um yeah. I think more black people should invest in therapy. Whatever helps you become sound in body and mind as one. And could just help you get through the goddamn day. Fucking do that shit. Um, yeah, man, fuck it. You know, I mean, look, and, and that, you know, again, we got to escape those cultural shackles. I mean, that's some white shit. No, that's some right shit. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 I'm going to start seeing a therapist. And after that, I'm going to start having wine and cheese tasting parties. Have you ever had good wine and cheese? No. It's amazing. I've had good wine and cheese by myself on separate occasions, yeah. not together. But to have a, a, a thing of cheeses and wines, yeah. It's I nice. I do that. It's nice. I know it is. I mean, I don't know it is, but, you know. You're assuming. I'm assuming. It's, no, you know, it's nice. I, I don't, can't say anything. I, I, I'm not... I believe in therapy. I'm just too cheap to pay for it myself. I self-evaluate all the time. I'm cheap, man. I, I realized how cheap. I didn't think I was that cheap. I just realized uh, I don't believe you should ever, ever have to buy napkins. Well, what do you use? Um, Jimmy John's napkins, Taco Bell napkins. Oh, you mean just napkins you have lying around from other... You just grab a thing of napkins. Jesus. You put them in your bag and... 
it's just something you're going to wipe your face and your hands with. Why would you go to the <laughs> store and buy that? I mean, I, and and the reason I know this is because my my girl's uh, family came over the other day and they asked for a napkin mm-hmm. and I gave them Jimmy John's napkins, which are right. actually quality napkins out of some of the the the, it's the better of the the uh, fast food napkins. Right. And they looked at me like, "Don't you can't you just go get some." Real napkins? And I go, those are real napkins. And uh, what are you going to do with it after you're done with it? And they should throw it away. And I go, yeah, that's that's why that's the right napkin. So that, and not that therapy is in the same vein, but uh, I, I have gone before. I work on myself. And if I feel like I can't get there, then yeah, I go back to therapy. I'd go to, I'd go to therapy. If, 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 but I'm working myself right now. And they, if you get a good therapist that gives you some good tools and you can work on yourself, that's good too. Yeah. So there it is. All right, folks. Uh, thank you for listening to the email episode. Uh, and you heard us say it yesterday. Uh, a new thing we're doing, giving artists an outlet uh, to express themselves and hopefully get some some cover- coverage. And some buy-in. Some buy- there you go. Some buy-in. I like the way he finessed that. Uh, we played a, a, some music yesterday. Going to give you a little bit of comedy. Uh, this is from Byron Dix. And this is a stand, a, a, a snippet of his stand-up. If you like him. And I told a lot of these motherfuckers to send me your Instagram handles so I could shout it out. And then people could hit you up and compliment you and go, man, that was good. And you niggas don't listen. What's his name again? Let's say it again. By, Byron Dix. Yeah, well, you might be able to look him up. Uh, here we go Byron Dix y'all uh, see you next week boys and girls we will be in you ready for this one Utah where I have on my shirt where there are no niggas so we're going to white people's Africa I've been practicing for the for the choir have you yeah I got, I'm getting my voice ready well, what do you mean what you gonna say I'm gonna sing for them yeah I'm gonna say I'm gonna go audition okay um I once sent out a post when about describing Utah, uh, and I took the sound bite from Will Smith's "I Am Legend." Like I'm Dr. Robert Neville. If there are anybody out there, you're not alone. So I was like, I'm Ari Spears. I'm coming to uh, Wise Guys in Utah. If there are any black people out there, you are not alone. <laughs> Come see me at Wise Guys. <laughs> All right, uh, Byron Dix. I wanted to get to know a little bit about my, my ancestry, so I went on Ancestry.com. And I quickly learned that that was created by white folks, for white folks. I searched for my great-grandfather. No results found. Searched for my pops. No results found. I searched for myself, and apparently I don't even exist.
almost never fails. Almost never fails. And I got to thinking like, why is it always Cherokee Indian? You know? But then I did some research and then I found out that Cherokee Indians like to dance and black people are always looking for a party. <laughs> My great-grandmother was Cherokee Indian, and I wanted to verify it, so <laughs> so somebody suggested that I go on blackplanet.com. Now hold on, white folks, before you start, start Googling it. I know how thorough you are, so I'm, I'm going to tell you. Blackplanet.com is MySpace, but for black people. Y'all follow me? Okay, y'all got it. Good. So I went on there, whole family tree on it, everybody. Got way more results than anything Ancestry.com could ever do. And I found great grandmother on there. The one that the Cherokee, you know, that I've been looking for. And there she was, her profile picture was her, standing in front of a TV with her church hat on. <laughs> Can you feel it, baby?